Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Get Geek Podcast, where we celebrate geek, nerd, and pop culture. Each week, we deliver the best analysis for fans, by fans, on anything related to movies, TV, video games, comics, anime, and manga. We talk geek. And now, here's the Get Geek Podcast. Hey, 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 hey. What is up, y'all? Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Get Geek Podcast podcast it's been a while we've been we've been busy we all been a little busy and uh yeah. there's just a couple of us here today but uh we always appreciate whoever's able to show up for the crew i am jose say hello my friends this is a host okay the host of Shall be shall not be named, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, this is Walt. What's up, guys? What is up, y'all? It's yeah, like I said, it's been a while. Uh, how's everybody been? I mean, I know we're family and all. We like find out about that stuff. But how's the last week of your life been? Boring. Boring. Why boring? I don't know. Just not a lot to do. <laughs> No, it's just I come home tired from work, so I haven't really been doing anything. The only thing I will say I've been doing is I've been reading. What have you been reading? Which is something I haven't done in a while. What have you been checking out? Uh, If you remember a while back, I used to read the Mortal Instruments books. Mm -hmm. I've Mm -hmm. been catching up on those. Oh, nice. I'm on like the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Ninth installment How of the it? main story. Those books are huge. Yeah. They're ginormous. They're like mean. War and Peace size. <laughs> it's like a thousand. You've read like 9,000 pages in like the last couple of weeks or something. Uh, no, each book is like, like four anywhere five. from three to, no, not even 300. Yeah, like maybe a good 500. So like... Dang. The first one was like maybe five hundred. That the first one that I've been reading, reading. The second one was maybe a little more than that, and then this last one that I'm reading, although there's one after that, is probably closer to the realm of seven hundred or something. Okay, so I don't remember the exact page numbers, but it's a lot. That's dense, man. Like I think it's been a long time since I've read fiction i'm i'm not a big fiction reader to be honest but i remember like the biggest series i probably read when i was reading fiction was like the chronicles of narnia when i was a kid and those are like 200 page books or something like that uh not not five to seven hundred pages that's quite a commitment how many more how many books are there in the mortal instruments series well as far as like the main story slash timeline, I guess. Mm-hmm. You have the first six books, which deal with the main character, Clary Fairchild. And then you have these next three books, which deal with a different set of characters, but are still following the same, like, still following the same events. Like, the events of the sixth book play heavily into these three books that I'm reading now. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then there's supposed to be at least one book 
after that, but I'm not too sure because I haven't really read like the the back of it extensively. I just figured since it's like, whoa, I've never seen this before nor heard of it. This must be the latest one. So th- this is a w- remind me mm-hmm. how you got it. This was this was a show. This was a thing that was adapted into a show, right? It was adapted into a movie, movie first, thing, and right. then it was adapted into a much better show. The Shadowhunters, right? Yes. Okay. And you got into it because of the show or the movie or the books first? I think it was actually... I think it was the show, right? No. I was reading the books long before the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. The show was just a happy happenstance. Yeah. It was like, oh, they're adapting it. You know? I think this was one of those things where I saw trailers for the movie... Or I think you just got it as like a Christmas gift since it's like, oh, this is very similar to Supernatural, which coincidentally it actually is. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So once I read the first book, it just took off. Okay. Is is am I correct in like the Mortal Instruments was it's kind of like a young adult novel yep. series, right? Or it started it out is. that way, kind of like Harry yep. Potter. Mm-hmm. Okay. It definitely is. Yeah, I mean Harry Potter also like I knew a few people that read it growing up. Um, that were younger than I, you know, so when it was coming out, they were teenagers and it definitely, I don't know if Mortal Instruments is the same, but I know it kind of grew up with its readers a little bit. Each novel got a little bit more, I don't want to say exactly adult, but had more adult themes. Um, Sort of, yeah, I can see the argument for that. In Harry Potter, at least. I don't know if that's how Mortal Instruments is. Um, I'm not super familiar with the storyline, but that's pretty well, it's cool. Kinda, it's kind of like... Um, if it's super you natural, know, Mortal like Instruments kind of deals with uh, hunters. Then, and they, are, they have the ability to see monsters that other people can't, right? Is that, is that basically the, the premise of it? Uh... And sort of, yeah, in the very vaguest sense. Yeah, because yeah, I don't know too much about the, the, the thing. I know. Like, if you wanted to go for the most surficial, vague thing possible, that's basically it. So then please explain it then, because I, I surely can't. Okay, yeah. so basically, let's put it this way. Some hundred years ago, a guy summons an angel and says, yo, we need help. These demons, it's not cool. All right, fine, I'll help you. Let me take this cup, mix my blood in it. You'll be the first Nephilim. Because you can't really do it the natural way because that's kind of a law in heaven. Okay. It's, not, it's not good. So he did it a different way. And so basically that's how you get the shadow hunters, the people who keep the peace in a way. Like demons are the main threat. But sometimes it can be other things like warlocks who are generally good, but you know they're 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 they're, they're kind of here nor there sometimes. Okay. Like in this recent book I read, one of them went to the dark side. So, okay. so very supernatural. Yeah, yeah. like know. a like a why why a supernatural slash Constantine like maybe like a couple of couple of properties put together. I don't know. That sounds interesting. I mean, I haven't seen any of the properties. If the show is pretty good, though, I might check that out. It followed the, the books like, faithfully books. enough. 
It only lasted like two seasons, right? Yeah, they only adapted the first six books. Oh. Well, I mean, that's six, still pretty solid. First six no, books no, but not, it wasn't seasons, two right? seasons. No. Oh, it was more than that? Yeah, it had to be more than two seasons. Oh, okay. I don't, yeah, I don't to know. To do six books in two seasons is amazing. Six War and Pieces in two seasons is like that's, impeccable. That's crazy. You're like either the best writer on earth or you're an absolute maniac for doing that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit way out, out there. So, how many how many seasons was it? Do you, do you is it 3 4? I am looking now. I know it wasn't it a ton, looks it's 3 right? seasons. 3 seasons. 3 seasons. Okay. So what, I guess what? two books a season, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean that sounds semi doable, but it still seems like yes. a lot of a lot of density for for these huge books that are five hundred plus pages. Um, what it was really like on Amazon Prime or something, right? Nope, Am I crazy. It was on Freeform. Yeah, Freeform. Oh wow. Okay, so Amazon yeah. didn't spend their money on that one, unfortunately. No, no. I feel like I mean, even if it, even though it wasn't Amazon, I thought it was at least pretty well produced like it was it felt the show felt a lot like supernatural it just you know if supernatural tried to make things a little less yeah you know what monsters look like people nah this was more along the lines of a fantasy type thing like when you looked at a werewolf it was a wolf yeah that type of thing. Supernatural was more the hidden, the hidden demons and beasts. Yes, I guess, right. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 That sounds. That sounds pretty good. I mean, yeah. I guess being tired and bored sucks, but it sounds like you're making the best of whatever free time you have. What yeah. about you, Walt? Working. Same old, same old. Anything yeah. fun recently? Working. Um, working on the other podcast, which is is kind of you know tiring and stuff uh, since we've gone to video mm-hmm. video is cool but um you know it, it's it's a lot of work to put into you know um but we we were we did watch um we did watch and finish uh the adaptation by netflix of Sa- the sandman ah. which, which i thought was pretty interesting it was 10 episodes right was it episodes? I, yeah i think so Ten episodes of pure but the it Sandman. Felt, it felt but like it, two seasons. It, it really did because <laughs> the interesting thing, and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who hasn't watched it yet, mm-hmm. but the interesting thing about the Sandman, the show, and I gathered this, they, they've done a really, really good job of adapting um, the comic uh, to the small screen. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Neil Gaiman is involved, right? But the interesting thing is that there comes a point at like I think it's like episode four or five mm. where it feels like it's the end of the season. Okay, because because it it's got like various story story arcs, and each one of them feel very distinct from each other. So there's like one thing where they're following this thing, and then all of a sudden that ends and it transitions to another story and then that ends and so it feels like you're watching two seasons in one really okay you know like like when we were watching him my wife was like is this the season finale and i'm like no we still got like five more episodes left you know (laughs) okay so it was like the last uh like 30 minutes of return of the king got it yeah basically you know what i'm saying (laughs) 
So it's um it's an interesting thing. Uh, it like I said, there there are literally like I had I had sent a group. Uh, maybe I didn't send it to you guys, but I know I sent it to kids. Mm-hmm. Um, there's literally a scene in uh, the Sandman that is word for word, shot for shot from the comic. You know, and that's how oh. how you know find that that adaptation is but then they make changes which understandably you know for i guess more modern times even though this is not an old book but it's a it's a pretty interesting show but i'll i'll tell you this much if you're expecting tons and tons and tons and tons of action this is not going to be it doesn't sound like something that neil gaiman does anyway but yeah this this it it can be slow at times, mm-hmm. but you know the storytelling it can is very dense. So you know it kind of makes up for it that way. You know. Okay, it's good prestige television. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I want to see it. I also want to take some time. Uh, you had mentioned before we started the cast that the comic is a very long run, but I would love to get started on it uh, mm-hmm. to then watch the show. Because I also like did not know, um, and you know, we again we can't get too deeply into this without spoiling it. But I did not know that it was based on both that and Lucifer are basically the same story, just adapted differently. I don't know. Are yep. You guys aware of this? Like, because you, you saw I you am. all saw Lucifer, right? Didn't you? Didn't you see I, that show as well? Uh, AJ, I I watched probably uh, the first three seasons, maybe, mm-hmm. and and then. When news that you know they were going to cancel, I kind of fell off because I'm like, at that point, what's the point? You know, there, okay. um, but it was revived by Netflix and AJ continued and he pushed all the way to the end, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, so very, very, it's it's the same character in the Sandman, but very different at the oh, same time. Oh, yeah. You know? Right. Because oh, yeah. I so. hear that it's a very different adaptation, which is really interesting, because I don't think I've well, ever heard of something like that before in the past, where they take some a single piece of source material and adapt it so differently. Actually, the only time I think I've ever heard of something like that was The Shining, the Stephen King book, right. versus the the... Uh, Stanley Kubrick movie, which is well, very different, and then Stephen King went back and made his own version on TV I, in the nineties. I would probably say that the Sandman's version of of Lucifer is probably closer to the comics because yeah, the one that was done, yeah, the one that was done for originally um, Fox, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, Lucifer did start out on Fox mm-hmm. and then transitioned to Netflix. That is a very, very different version from the one that you see in the comic books. They, they did, they had, they took a lot of liberties with that character. So, I think um, if you look at the Sandman, that's probably the closest to the comic book version of Lucifer than the other one. And I know Lucifer was also a very popular and well received show as well. So it's probably still worth checking out. You know, oh, absolutely, I would imagine the the, the lead the. The actor that plays um, Lucifer is very, very charismatic, and you know, I'm I'm surprised he's not in more things because he's that good. Now, and now, correct me if I'm wrong, and and again, we don't have to get too deeply into this. Perhaps we should begin to move on, but like, it doesn't seem like the Sandman version of the character is quite as as charismatic as the Lucifer version of the character. She is. This is a very. Sinister, right? 
yeah, like <laughs> this is kind of like uh, the Lucifer Morningstar you don't want to mess with. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And Rather I mean, than the other one, which is kind of, yeah, you don't want to mess with me, but I'm much more lively and fun. Yeah. <laughs> this this one is uh, this one is out to get you. Yeah, th- this <laughs> one I don't I don't think you can envision as being a club owner anytime yeah. soon. Let's put it that way. So. Okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, the only other thing that I know of about it is that apparently Neil Gaiman is much more heavily involved in this. Wasn't he, he wasn't even involved in Lucifer, as far as I understand. He's involved in this right. adaptation, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. He he is 100% involved. This is his baby, and he's not letting anybody mess with. And so a, a lot of the changes were changes that he made himself. You know, he's like, okay, for this... Um, like he took he took storylines and completely changed not only ca- there's a new character in in the show that mm-hmm. is an amalgamation of two characters mm-hmm. they've changed different stories for different people to kind of fit that narrative and stuff like that and i i think it works pretty well so but yeah he's definitely involved and uh, you know i i don't foresee him getting off the project because the sandman is his baby right yeah. So you're not you're not gonna let anybody mess around with that if that's your thing. So Yeah, I hope it's not some situation where like they end up finding that there's huge creative differences. It does sound like they're just basically like let Neil kind of figure this out. And it's Netflix, right? So hopefully mm-hmm. they're they're gonna give him as much free reign as they as or not free reign, give him as much control over his baby, as you said. Yeah, as, and as it, it does appear get. it does appear that we're gonna get a season two, so that's uh that's always positive stuff. Yeah, on Netflix especially, where like exactly. season two is like a hill that very few shows climb unless they're named Stranger Things. Exactly. Which, I, I mean, uh, that's part of that's that's one of the things that I've I've uh, dug into recently. We can certainly get into that. Uh, but other than that, you know, for myself, I'll just jump into it, and then we'll jump into the convo, perhaps. Uh, I guess. I haven't been able to watch very much, but um, for me, it's been kind of fun. Uh, My personal life in that I moved down to Atlanta, which y'all are aware of. This is why actually I have not been on the podcast for a little while because, uh, you know, we we drove down. Well, let's see. Let me me break this down for viewers. I'm not going to like talk about my whole personal life too too long, right? Because that's not what we're here for. But... I haven't been on the podcast for a bit because I got married on May 28th. I got a new work from home job on June 13th. And my wife and I, um, I lived in Brooklyn when y'all started listening to the podcast. I now live in Atlanta, um, bought a house down here less than a month after getting married. And it's all amazing, but it's all like a little crazy at the same time. So it's been, you know, finally got the office settled which is why like today I actually had to like settle last week, but we, you know, we had our, we had some things that we, we couldn't record last week. So it's happy. I'm really happy to be back. Um, but essentially, yeah, it's been opening boxes. I, I got a, a cool new standing desk for my office. Um, and so it's, it's real nice to have like a, a designated office area where I can just bust out the microphone and get straight to recording. It's going to make that a lot easier and a lot more fun. But yeah, like without getting into it too deeply, uh, I am glad to be back talking about nerdy stuff because it has been a while. Uh, 
since I've had much time to do anything. I haven't seen a lot of things recently, but I have seen some of the big things that have come out recently. Again, like Stranger Things uh, and, and, and things like that. So I guess the only other thing that, I, that I've been up to, um, near where we live here in Atlanta, there's a drive-in theater. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it, it, it's pretty cool. Uh, and I learned that what the okay. strategy is for next time because we hopped in the car. You know, like everybody just hops in the car. You sit in your, your driver's, your passenger seats. You turn on the radio and you watch the movie. That's generally how you do a drive-in. Or at least that's what I thought because <clears throat> the, the the strategy in the future is going to be you got to park your car backwards. Uh, we got we got an SUV. Open up your trunk put some pillows in there or something and just like lay out and watch the movie, um, which is, which is going to be our plan for the future. But we saw Nope, which was, Ooh, how was that? Really good. I think y'all would love it. I think y'all would really, really enjoy it. I would definitely recommend it. Um, it's really solid, like sci-fi horror. I don't want to spoil any of it, but like, you know, the performances are great. Um, the creature is awesome. It's very interesting. It looks really cool. It's like creepy, but also like super intriguing. Um, and, you know, um, Daniel Kaluuya, as always, basically is fantastic in, in, in this movie. He's great in just about everything I've seen him in. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kiki, Kiki Palmer is really, really great. Both of them do a great job. And, uh, our boy Glenn, gosh, I can't remember his name right now. Somebody help me out with Glenn from uh, oh, The Walking um, Dead. Oh Jesus Christ! Ooh, he's he's in it as well, and he does a yeah. really really good job. Hold on, I got to look this up because I got to show some props to him. He's a great Is actor. He like the veteran alien hunter? Uh no, not exactly. No, okay. not exactly. He has like, like a carnival thing or something like that. Sort of. Like it's really interesting. Like his backstory because. I don't want to give it away too much. I will say that there's this whole crazy side story where he is a child TV star. He's like a, a child TV star. And like, there's a crazy incident that happens on the set. Steven Yoon. Steven Yoon. Yes. Thank you very much. I got to give oh, him because he's a solid actor. Yeah. Steven Yoon. He's a really solid actor. I've always enjoyed him. Um, and he does a great job in this movie as well. But you know, I loved it. My wife loved it. And I, you know, there's a lot of real good reviews out there. It's something that I would definitely check out. I want to see the, uh, the Akira slide. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see the, the clip of him talking to, to somebody about putting it in the movie? Yeah. Um, I forgot who it was. was, It's, um, it's, what's his name? Um, the director. Oh, Jesus Christ. We're horrible with names today. Yeah, no, no, but there's a oh, clip of Jordan Peele talking he, to somebody. Jordan Peele, yeah, exactly. I can't remember he who was, he's talking to, though. That's what I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. But he was talking about, oh, yeah, I I always wanted to do that. I always wanted to put it in a movie, and I got a chance, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. Well, y'all know, y'all remember also, he was briefly attached to adapt Akira into live action, but yeah, that, did, that didn't pan that's out. That's never going to happen, but... That's really hard. You know what I mean? I think he I think he ended up refusing it because he was like, nah, this is too much, you know, or like something like that. I mean, I probably would, too. It's like one of those projects unfilmable, right? Yeah, unfilmable until somebody eventually does it like the Lord of the Rings or something like that. But I I had some faith that he would be able to do it well. But yeah, Nope is cool. Uh, The Oculus slide is cool. Uh, And he's he's such a, a goofy geek about 
whoever he has that conversation about. He's like laughing and giggling about like, I got to put it in the movie. So it's like, it's like fun to see like somebody really, really enjoy. I I definitely want to watch that movie. Uh, It's not going to be the next movie that we watch though, because the next movie that we're going to go watch is Dragon Ball Super Superhero. I haven't gotten my tickets yet. I got to go get them right away. uh, We're, we're watching it this Friday. So um, maybe after that, then we'll, We'll do nope. Do a double feature. That'll be good counter counter programming, right? (laughs) It's a good double feature. Yeah, you have you have uh, yeah completely different styles and genres. Exactly. Basically, maybe I'll just excited to see the the Dragon Ball Super movie. So me too. um, I I just I I purposely don't know almost anything about it. I know it, it heavily features both gohan and piccolo but i'm Mm -hmm. i'm leaving it at that i'm not trying to find out anything else even though the movie has been out for like i think a couple of months now in japan but i'm refusing to find out what the story is about because i want to go in with fresh eyes i'll tell you what it's it's real weird the way that i approach dragon ball because i approach it unlike any other property that i enjoy uh, I don't mind spoilers for Dragon Ball. I don't understand why that is. I well, think it's because sometimes you you need it because Dragon Ball can kind of be obtuse in its storytelling. That's what right? I'm saying. Like like the storytelling has never been the highlight of Dragon Ball, in my opinion, or at least not since Z. Like, and I think right, the movies the, the the movies lately have been really good with storyline. They've been much like better. You, mm-hmm. Yeah, but like you said before then. It was basically just, you know, a fighting game brought to life on screen, right? Yeah, it was just some monster woke up somehow or some beast or some demon or some, like, enemy woke up and they were just mm-hmm. like, oh, we need to fight it, I guess. And then they would fight it and that would be the end of it. Yeah. So, and and, and yeah. not to and not to diminish, you know, any of the any of the series and stuff like that, because the series are great. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're not I'm not saying that we're not saying that. It's, it's just. You know, you got to be frank. The storytelling isn't the greatest part of Dragon Ball at that point. You know, yeah. well, when you watch but Dragon it's Ball, it's still an awesome series. You know what you're watching it for. Exactly, it's to watch you people know? blow things up, like with their with their hands, or punch people through planets, or like whatever overly exaggerated nonsense you want to bring to the table. But well, Dragon Ball is iconic. There's, yeah, there's, absolutely. That's all there, that it is. There is. It's almost like nostalgia watching a Dragon Ball film these days, even yeah, though it's a new one. It's like, oh man, I feel like 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 I'm 17 again or something like that. I literally can't wait. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> well, talking about punching planets and and breaking stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think we we came on here with a a clear. Well, at least we tried to at the beginning, right? With a clear thing that we were going to talk about, sure, sure. Um, something that got to it. I love. I think you are you are on the same plane with me in terms of this character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about. Well, I don't even how how we're talking about the Hulk. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I can't say I can't say we're talking about Marvel Comics Hulk, MCU Hulk because they're very very different characters well that was kind of like i came into this today that's why i was like let's leave let's like ease into this because this is basically mostly likely gonna be a rant about how you're upset about what they've done to your boy yeah right because that's kind of how it started this conversation started right we were talking the other day about 
how he looks in She-Hulk, I think, right? We were just chatting in, yeah. the, in the Telegram chat or something along those lines about what Mark Ruffalo's Hulk has, has become. Um, and look, I kind of get it because She-Hulk has never been the most serious comic. So if you're going to have Hulk in it, I guess. You know, well, remember, She-Hulk is kind of like, she's the fourth wall breaking character. She hasn't always been that, but like she became no. the fourth wall breaking character. You know, it's, it's a lot of times She-Hulk comics are about her being a lawyer, like not even about her punching things. Right. So it's a very different style of comic from the Hulk. And unfortunately... The natural progression of Mark Ruffalo's Hulk uh, was decided by our boy Taika, which we love Taika. We do. We but do. Um, but Taika can be a little bit too Taika. Right. We talked about this on the, you know? the Thor Love and Thunder podcast, right? Yeah. Like a little while back. You know, it's been a while, like we said. Like, like Taika's a guy that you, you need to let flourish, but there has to be some boundaries, you know, like. Like you gotta, you gotta try and find a way to contain Taika, while at the same time let Taika be, you know. Yes. And and I think in Thor Ragnarok that was perfect Taika, right? Um, but in Love and Thunder that is over over the top Taika, if that's even a thing, you know. Right. And I love Taika with TD. I saw. What have I seen of his films? I've seen um, Jojo Rabbit, which is a mm-hmm. great, great, great movie. Um, what is it? The, the Beasts of the Wild film. I can't recall the name of it, but with the kid from Deadpool 2. Oh, yeah. And, Sam uh, Neill. Sam Neill is in it, right? Mm-hmm. That's a great, great, great film. The problem, I think, that that we ran into with, with Taika, with Hulk, and with all that by extension, and Walt, I'm going to let you rant for a moment after I say this, is that like, <laughs> essentially what happened is like, he didn't give those characters the same depth that he gave his comedic characters, quote unquote, because, you know, Jojo Rabbit is a funny movie, right? He plays mm-hmm. like an imaginary Hitler, which doesn't sound like it would be funny, but he plays him as like a joke. Is like an idiot. He did it on purpose too. He did that right. on purpose. Um, and it's the same thing with, with um, I gotta, I gotta make sure that I, I, I remember the name of this one. Uh, Cause there's another beasts movie that I'm thinking about that beasts of the Southern wild. Is that what it is? No, this is not it either. That's totally the wrong movie. That's the problem. That's why I'm like, let me make sure that I know what the heck I'm talking about here. <sighs> Sorry, y'all. I'm I'm not no, prepared. No, it's fine. <laughs> Taika Waititi is is so he's got the movie. I think the one you're talking about is a Hunt for the Wilderbeast. Yes, Wilder people, Wilder people, the wilder people, not even beasts. I'm just thinking Wilder Wilder beast. I guess. Yeah. So that's kind of like a, it's like a walking, but sort of like a coming of age, like you know, buddy type of movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the premise of that one is that. He's a the the young man is adopted, mm-hmm. um, and his adoptive mother is like his his mom is married to Sam Neill. Like those are his adoptive parents, right? I mean, but when like Sam Neill is less into being a dad, let's just put it that way. 
than the the mother figure and then she passes away so the rest of the movie is kind of like how the heck are these two going to get along and it's you know it's a really great movie it's heartfelt it's wonderful and that's kind of the problem because i think that that the emotion that came out of like thor ragnarok also was a little more natural because they were dealing with like the loss of odin the loss of his mother from the last movie, the loss of a lot of people in his life that were really, really like his family, right? Mm-hmm. Eventually, he lost Ragnarok, right? Or he lost um, Valhalla in, in the end of the movie when it blows up. Right. Like, that was maybe a warning, if you think about it, because when it blows up in the movie, it's a comedic moment. It doesn't have yeah. like really that emotional depth that you would expect from somebody literally losing their entire society to a random like act of violence. Mm-hmm. And so I'll leave it off with this so that you, and I'll, I'll let y'all like jump into it for a bit. But like, if you look at how it was handled by the Russos, they still, they still maintained like the comedic aspect of Thor, right? After Ragnarok came out when it was in um, Endgame. Right. But an Infinity War as well, also, right? Like, he was already like kind of a goofy character by then. But, Rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but the the thing that always stands out to me is that the Russos knew a little bit better. Maybe I think Watiti like plays it more like a cartoon, and I think that's why he's just like I don't need to be super serious or emotional with this. Mm-hmm. But the Russos like really look at it like, and you can tell from like Captain America Winter Soldier, right? That they've always like looked at it as something that they can make these great genre films, like these movies that are like bigger than comics, quote unquote, even though we love yeah, they, comics. They, they really ground things kind of in reality, you know, that right. they don't, they don't go to the extremes that Taika does. And, and I think that that's kind of, it's kind of, a, and we we discussed this in Love and Thunder. It's kind of a detriment to the characters because they're they're. It's a roller coaster ride with some of these characters when you're when you're seeing them from movie to movie. Yeah, and when, I mean, I know I'm talking about Thor a lot, but like I'll give you an example of what I would like to see in terms of like if you want to keep the Hulk slightly comedic. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm gonna let you talk about that, but like at the very least, what the Russos did effectively was. They turned, and I talked about this in the in the chat the other day. Like the way that they did it effectively was that they made Hulk, they made Hulk, they made Thor a character not a comedic character, but a character who was funny and used humor to deal with stuff. Because my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in that in that movie with Thor is when he's hanging out with Rocket before they're like going to get a uh, Stormbreaker before they're going to like forge Stormbreaker after he decides mm-hmm. like he needs a new weapon to kill Thanos. Right. And there's that moment where he's talking about everything he's lost and he's kind of joking about it. Right. He's talking about like, he's like, like, Oh, you know, I lost my mom. I lost this person. I lost that person. He's kind of joking about it. He's laughing. He's smiling through it. But then like you see the tears kind of like come down. Right. You see that this is a person that, even though he's being funny, like he's doing it to to cope and not just to be a character, if that makes sense, to be a funny character. Yeah. So with all that said, um, we've gotten a comedic Hulk. This is basically what we've gotten since Ragnarok. They decided that that was going to be the, the, the tone of the character, which kind of fits Mark Ruffalo's personality. 
yeah, I but, mean, I, I guess. You know. But yeah, you know what? I'm going to stop there and we'll go ahead and well, rant I'm, on this I'm, for a little bit if you wish. I'm, I'm going to go even further than Ragnarok. And I, I, I feel like the Hulk hasn't been treated as a proper character throughout his MCU run. Okay. Uh, I, I think... I think the best the best version of the Hulk, and I'm not talking about Bruce Banner, but just the Hulk period mm-hmm. is in his own movie. And I think maybe that is kind of the reason why the Hulk is suffering as a character because of the fact that um, Disney and Marvel, they are unable to kind of do a standalone Hulk film, mm-hmm. right? The last one was the one with Ed Norton, right? Mm-hmm. And I still feel that that is the best iteration of the Hulk because if you look at that movie, right? That movie, that movie really leans in toward classic Hulk storylines: the lonely man, the guy that's that's you know, um, and and I hate to reference the uh, the seventies series, right? Mm-hmm. But the seventies series that was it was Bruce Banner kind of wandering, you know, America because he couldn't stay in one place because of you know everything that happens with him but wait no his and name wasn't bruce banner wasn't it, it was it was bill it was bill bixby bill, bill bixby was uh the actor oh gosh so was it that's right it was robert robert bruce banner that's right, right. that's how they changed it right like they changed right. it a little bit sorry go ahead well actually robert bruce banner has has a, a reason he's he's been in the comics that's that's actually bruce banner's real name oh and there's a reason there's a reason why Oh, there's a reason why. And so just a fun fact, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when the Hulk was created way back in the 60s, uh, he the Hulk came out of the thing's popularity. The thing came first. Right. So Fantastic Four was a big hit for, for Marvel and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the thing was, was kind of like the precursor to the Hulk. And so Stan Lee... Um, wanted to create something along the lines of the thing. And so he, he, you know, he looked at Frankenstein, he looked at Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you know, he looked at those type of characters and he created the Hulk. Now, the interesting thing about Stan Lee is he's horrible with names. And there's a reason why he uses alliterations with his characters, you know, Peter Parker, (laughs) Matt Murdock. So, right, Matt Murdock, right? (laughs) So Bruce Banner uh, came out of that. Mm-hmm. Double B, right? Mm-hmm. In the very next episode, he started calling him Bob, Bob Banner, <laughs> Bob Banner. So Bobby you know Banner. the writers, you know Marvel pointed out and God. said, "Dude, you went from Bruce to Bob," and he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna fix it. We'll call him Robert Bruce Banner." <laughs> okay. So, so, <laughs> so that is where that came from. You know what I'm saying? Because Stan Lee couldn't remember Bruce Banner. Oh, he gosh. called him Bob. <laughs> Well, that's that's an interesting little story about the Hulk. <laughs> Never there, do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's that's it's a cool little thing if if you dive deep into Hulk lore and stuff. Um, the the, the but, different identities of the Hulk are like even more pronounced if you like think about it that way too, because he's got a whole bunch yeah, of different is. names. Even it's true, and and you know, hmm. diving into the we'll dive into the comic book origins of the hulk a little bit later but let's talk about the mcu hulk right now and everything that's wrong with them yeah um so that the incredible hulk the the movie that was kind of at the beginning of the mcu right 
that leaned into the the whole aspect of Bruce Banner not being able to stay in one place because of the of the fact that the Hulk was such a you know a polarizing and disrupting influence in his life, right? Mm-hmm. And we've never gotten that ever since. And and I think a part of that has to do with the fact that we can't. Disney had to use the Hulk as kind of like a co-star in all his movies. So you couldn't really get a fully fleshed out storyline. So they decided, well, if we can't do the Hulk in his own movie, let's kind of thread him through these movies and we'll develop the character that way. And I think it's to the detriment because there's no one clear vision of what the Hulk is because different directors are grabbing onto it and using the Hulk as kind of like a prop for their films. Yeah. You know, they never effectively took the Hulk through the journeys that he goes through to become all of the different versions of the Hulk. Right. Because right. He, well, okay. I'll say this Um, for me, and this is still not an accurate depiction of the Hulk, but the most accurate movie Featuring the Hulk was probably Age of Ultron, I think. Um, because, sense. I mean, it, sense. it's not accurate still, right? It's definitely right. not accurate to the comic, or at least not accurate to, like, the journey that the Hulk goes through in the comic because he just, well, again, is used as a prop, right? Yeah, and, and one thing I will say that that I, I do hate about the Age of Ultron Hulk is how easily he's manipulated by Scarlet Witch to become, you know, the the crazed Hulk, which is something that if you look at the comic book, that shouldn't happen because his mind is uniquely his the physiology of his mind. It, he's he can block those type of attacks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and for it to happen the way it happened in Age of Ultron. It, it was just when I was like, oh, was, come on, guys, really? You know, you, you're messing up the Hulk as it is. And now, you know, Scarlet Witch can easily just manipulate his mind and stuff. And I, I'm like, With red, you know, red wiggly woos. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> uh, it, everything about that just drives me nuts. But anyway, no, no, no. I, I guess I, I understand that because I, I've I forgot that this is the reason in the World War Hulk comics and the World Breaker Hulk storylines that he's able to fight Doctor Strange, yep. right? Because Doctor Strange, obviously, if he were able to use magic and like, you know, Hulk had a Superman style weakness where Superman in his comics is canonly, is in canon of you know, a weak against magic. The, that's the whole reason that the Hulk is able to fight these cosmic level, like high level characters. I mean, there's even a comic. I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a comic. I haven't read it. I don't know if it's full. I don't think it's canon, but there's a comic where he like basically beats the one below all with like a Hulk clap. He just. Oh, yeah. He There's there's various. <laughs> the thing about the Hulk and. um we 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 have this instance in the comics where the beyonder actually looked at the hulk in a, in a clinical fashion and he said basically his power is limitless mm-hmm. like you know he has the power to end multiverses and he's done it in the comics mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so to see what i know what the hulk can be and then to see what the MCU has done with the Hulk with Smart Hulk, 
You know, he's not even Professor Hulk. He's called Smart Hulk in the MCU. Yeah. Um, it, it's just like Endgame. Again, there's there's certain things like when he when they go back in time and he goes back to the original Avengers, and he, you know he sees himself as the quote unquote crazed Hulk because he's still not there yet, right? Mm-hmm. Savage Hulk, right? And he sees himself. He's like, "Oh, I'm angry." And then he goes out and he's like, "Oh, ooh, I'm angry. Ooh, I'm like, ah, oh, you, you're killing me. You're killing me with him again." Yeah, you know, kicked yeah. through the car or whatever. Like it was, it was kind of funny at the moment, but it was also like cringe, like for Hulk fans at the same yeah, time. It really is. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, one second. Go on. I've heard of the one above all. Who is the one below all? He's relatively of... recent. He's not yeah. not super recent, but like the one above all, obviously, is supposed to be like a, a stand-in for the creators. They say like uh, Jack Kirby, um, like the act, the biggest Stan creators Lee. in Marvel, Stan Lee, all of them, right? Mm-hmm. The one below all, I think, was created of sometime in the last 10, 15 years, just as like a counterpart. Like to oh, that, it's. There, yeah. I don't know that there's any real, really big backstory to like. They were just like, you know what? Like, we got one above, so why not one below as well? Wouldn't that make him the weakest thing in all existence? The one below all, I guess. If you, if you yeah, take he's it below all. Because the point of <laughs> yes. one above all is he's strongest above all. Yeah. So if you flip that, the one below all is basically he, just a dude. <laughs> I, think, I think his. Let me just check this because I think it's the one under. No, no, no. It's the one. It's the one below all. It's definitely the one oh, is, below. Is that it? Yeah, I'll I'll look it up also to see if we can get oh, yeah, a little one more all. context right, as to yeah, like yeah, yeah. how he was introduced. Um, he's part. He's he's kind of like a uh, a dual. He's he's still part of the one below above all, but he's kind of like a separate maybe. I, I, you I don't can, know, like a yank to a yank to to that. Yeah, person, or like you know? a part of like a trinity, but like a trinity yeah, exactly. that's good and evil, basically. I just want to see if I can find out when he was introduced. Because I know that, like, see, like, like you said, AJ, he's not super well known. So, no. But there's a lot of characters in, in Marvel that are not super well known, you know. Right. And like um, he's just another demonic character. How many of those are there? Also, exactly, right? there's so many yeah. devils in Marvel. But yeah, there's a comic where he he claps out the the one below all, just like. Yeah, well, listen, can't do you know, to me. There, the Hulk has has the Hulk is interesting because you know what his best, um, some of the best fights that he has in the comics are usually. Uh, fights that he has with either existing superheroes and villains, but he has a very underrated rogues gallery as well. You know what I'm saying? Like some of some of the characters like that, High Evolutionary. Abomination. Abomination. High like Evolutionary. Wendigo. Actually the leader. The leader. Yeah, that that's another one. You know we're getting the High Evolutionary, right? You know that he's yeah. been cast for Guardians of the Galaxy three. Yep. Which could maybe lead to an eventual confrontation between the two because he has some good storylines in the comics, I think, against the High Evolutionary. Obviously, again, there's some yeah, I other mean, great he's, villains. He, he's faced pretty much everybody in the Marvel universe, and he's faced Superman <laughs> in in DC. You know, 
and oh. he's oh geez he faced Batman and Batman kicked him in the in the solar plexus and yeah and didn't he, Hulk, didn't he make him fall asleep or something like that no he just kicked him in the solar plexus I guess Batman like kicked him so accurately in the solar plexus that even the Hulk could not withstand it and he beat him that way wow, okay. <laughs> so if there's any worse yet, representation of the Hulk he tanked he tanked Superman so yeah yeah you know. if there's any work, worse representation of the Hulk in the MCU it's that comic where Batman like kicks him in the, in the chest and he's just like ow and falls over like but okay. but I mean you, you know you look at the origins of the Hulk and the origins of the Hulk is very very interesting and I'm, I'll give like a, a very brief history so the Hulk was a, a character that came out in his own comic way back in the 60s right mm -hmm. and again it was it was him a direct uh he came out of the popularity of the thing in fantastic four right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. interestingly enough his run only lasted six episodes six uh comic book series six comic book issues, issues right? i'm sorry yeah yeah, yeah. And, and they kind of got rid of him but he showed up in different places now in the hulk the very first one everybody knows this is like comic book history the very first issue he was gray yeah and and the reason that he was made gray is because stanley wanted to kind of create the character that was kind of you know racially ambiguous you know he he he's not white he's not black he's not brown he's gray yeah and and that's kind of the reason and the funny thing is is that his story we've seen it before where you know he's a he's a scientist he's working with general thunderbolt ross um he creates the gamma bond bomb he goes out and tries to save rick jones he saves rick jones but then he's irradiated with gamma rays but the interesting thing those early hulks the hulk would only come out at night He's a, he's a vampire <laughs> yeah it, it was it's kind of weird he it was, no he was more like a werewolf right well both i guess right yeah during <laughs> the day he's normal bruce banner and then at night he would right, turn right. Into yeah, the yeah. Hulk. it's not exactly you know like a vampire because he would just burst into flames yeah right right, right exactly Better so so he had werewolf effects uh for the very first beginning of his his story right and um, it was in the second issue that they turned him green because of the fact that, for whatever reason, back at the, back in the day, gray was a very hard thing to print. Okay. <laughs> so they changed him green in the second issue of his first run. They canceled his series, and then he showed up in, I think, Fantastic Four. And in that one, he created a gamma machine that helped him kind of um, get rid of the Hulk. So he would use the Gamma Machine to kind of bring the Hulk back, and then he would use it to to break it and stuff like that. It wasn't until he got into um, amazing stories or amazing tales, I forget, or astonishing tales, yeah, right? I think it's astonishing tales, yeah. Where the concept of anger was the thing that brought out the Hulk. Or like adrenaline, right? Because I think it's adrenaline, stress, adrenaline, yeah, adrenaline, stress, anger, anger. Those those things would then bring out the Hulk, and that's where we've gotten the Hulk as a as what we know him now, right? Yeah. You know, don't make me angry. You don't want to see me angry, right? Mm -hmm. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's where that came from. Um, it wasn't until the '80s that we got 
the notion of his father and the abuse that he had as a kid. Mm -hmm. And the Hulk was kind of a schizophrenic break Mm -hmm. that was already manifesting in Bruce to begin with. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the trauma of seeing his father killed, kill his mom, you know, that's where that came from. And then the gamma bomb just kind of brought that out, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of the Hulk origins. And, and, you know, we've gotten, you know, devil Hulk, savage Hulk, Mr. Joe fix it. Um, world breaker Hulk, one of one of the best runs in recent memory is Immortal Hulk, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't read that and, one honestly. I read Mel. Oh, that is that is out. great because that that is kind of like a Hulk, but in a horror story. You okay. know, he's he's very scary in that one. You know, he literally, and and the Hulk has changed in terms of power levels over the years. You know, um, he he definitely has superhuman strength. Um, his size you know, physical size um, changes based on how angry he is and his power level also rises. So he's kind of like Dragon Ball in that sense. Mm -hmm. He's always breaking barriers and stuff, right? I mean, there's videos of him fighting Goku and One Punch Man and all that too, right? Yeah, you know. (laughs) Like fan Um, videos. (laughs) And and something that they've leaned into, especially lately with with some of these runs, is that he's immortal. He can't be killed. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I think that kind of started with Civil War Two, where Hawkeye was the, killed was the bullet that Bruce Banner gave him, right, or something like that. Yeah, it was it was an arrow that you know mm-hmm. um, he was confronted by all of the heroes because I forget who the character was, but he saw into the future that the Hulk would kill everybody, mm-hmm. and you know he's being confronted, and you know he got angry because he was being accused of a crime that he hadn't committed yet. Hawkeye saw this and shot the arrow and kind of killed him dead, but he never died. He just was kind of like in a slumber or whatever. Um, There's been instances where the Hulk has been dissected and put into jars and come back to life. Mm -hmm. He's used used Mm -hmm. his bones as armor. He literally ripped his head off at one point. The Hulk can't die. What Hulk's the like Deadpool. Hell? Yeah. Hulk is very yeah. much like Deadpool. He's got a yeah. way more advanced healing factor than even. Well, Wolverine, oh, Wolverine has a crazy healing factor in the comics, also. Yeah, and he could literally lose limbs and grow them back. Yeah. So the Hulk is basically a guy that you know it will live on forever. And I think in some of the storylines, he's lived as long as two hundred years. You know, um, and then you had I think World Imperfect where he went in time went forward in time to fight a future version of himself called maestro right Mm -hmm. Um, so he's got he's got tons and tons and tons of storylines that are completely awesome and we get the mcu version they just in the comics is crazy even in the movies though that were good like they don't really expand on the Hulk very much other than he's a loner and he's mad. Like, which is just, if you, when you read the comics and I haven't read a ton of Hulk comics, to be honest, but like when you mm-hmm. read the comics, especially the most in more recent years where they really made an effort to expand the character's backstory by, like you said, adding the trauma from his childhood, making him an intelligent character, but also like, creating the world breaker storylines and the world war Hulk storylines, creating these conflicts. 
the problem kind of in the MCU and all these things also is that they've just been, like you said, piecemeal taking some of these elements, right. but never really expanding on them, right? Because Ragnarok is what? It's World War Hulk, World Breaker Hulk, kind of. It's like that setup. It's, pla- it's Planet Hulk. It's it's all Planet Hulk. Right? Well, Planet Hulk, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. And they just kind of. But it's not that even. Over. Yeah, it's and Planet Hulk is an amazing storyline mm-hmm. because you know if if you remember what Planet Hulk is, Planet Hulk, the Illuminati sends him off planet because they deem him a danger to the Earth. I love Planet and Hulk. So, it's like it's so, like the Hulk is Conan or something like that. It's yeah, exactly. Awesome. He he gets to this planet Sakar. You know, he leads this. He becomes a gladiator because the Red King is is the guy that you know is is the supreme ruler of that planet. Mm-hmm. And he gets married. You know, he gets married. He, <laughs> he has, has a kid. He has a kid. Well, kind of. Almost. You know what I'm saying? No, but he does. But it, Remember, like the in the comics, no. doesn't that kids like somehow end up surviving? Remember in the no, future no, he no. finds out? But that you're talking about you're talking about the 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 show. The 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 No, in, not in, the show. Not the show. In Planet Hulk. Because I know his wife gets she dies up. along with the unborn child. I could have sworn that I remember reading something. No, I, I must no, be wrong. He, You're the Hulk yeah. expert, so I'll shut up. But she dies, and 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 the child dies with her because you know the people bring the um the ship that he came in to the city, and and they 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 trigger, I guess, the self destruct. No, remember, that much I remember. That was something and the Illuminati that, did. Remember, they put the explosive on it. And that's right. remember that's why he goes back to Earth like super pissed because he's like, because, why did because, you put this yeah, bomb on here? Exactly, exactly. So the 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 inhabitants trigger it, but it's the Illuminati that put it there to begin with. Mm-hmm. And exactly, it's exactly what you said. His he's dealing with the trauma of of you know losing both his wife and his unborn child, and he goes back, and that's when you start the World War Hulk series, right, right. where he actively wages war against the earth you know what i'm saying those are stories that are amazing those are stories that we're probably not going to get because of thor ragnarok you know what the you know and and the uh, one other thing and and just before we we um again to add to his powers Mm -hmm. um you know his blood which is going to figure prominently in she hulk right Mm -hmm. his blood has life-giving properties yeah his blood has been used against Dracula. You know what I'm saying? His blood didn't like wow. when he bled in, okay. in in Planet Hulk. That was like bringing that planet back to life, right? right? Like his blood was like sprouting plants and all this craziness. Like that's part of why they decided like you're the guy to rule this place. Like it was almost like exactly. quasi religion. It was like a pro- it was like a prophecy that he was the guy that was going to come back and you know bring life to the planet again and stuff. But like okay. those are stories that are awesome, but those are stories that we're never gonna get because Thor Ragnarok exists in the MCU. You know, they've already kind of they've already kind of gone into that thing where he's the gladiator, he's you know living on another planet. Now maybe they haven't shown the that violent and vicious rebellion against the Red King, but I don't know how you adapt it when you've already kind of told part of the story in Thor Ragnarok at this point. Well, you know, I have an idea. I have an idea of how it can be done. Um, it's very, 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 very unformed. And I basically just came up with it off the top of my head right now. But like the only thing you really can do is create a sort of Earth-based version of Planet Hulk and maybe like somehow Betsy Ross is involved. 
because I don't see him going to another planet at this point again and like finding yeah. some new wife and then being like, yo, you all suck. You killed my wife. But like the only other like emotional connection he has, you know, Nat is dead. Black Widow is dead. That was the other person that he might have like probably freaked out about. And like, you know, if somebody were involved in, in her dying, like some of the, the Illuminati or someone somehow, he would have you know gone total world breaker. The only other way I can see it now is like <coughs> we do know that um, even though William Hurt passed away, rest in peace, that they're still trying to do something with the Thunderbolts. Right. So you can involve it there somehow. But before I even get any thoughts on that, or maybe there's nothing to say about it because it's such a vague framework for how you can get there. I, I kind of wonder what y'all think about like maybe the reason that we can't get the Hulk that we want yet. Maybe the reason that we might get World War Hulk as as there are rumblings um, of World War Hulk film being made over like I think I've been, been hearing it over the last year and you just sent, shared an article where it talks about how Universal's deal um, with Marvel is most likely ending in 2023 and so they're developing right. a movie but like part of the problem is power scaling in the mcu right because if you have a character like the hulk who is limitless like how do you write that you know what i mean like they had to they had to cut down on thanos's power level right they had to mm -hmm. cut down on hella's power level to a certain extent like every character that ultron generally ultron is oh my win. god ultron <laughs> yeah. I, I mentioned that because i know that's going to bring a rise in asia <laughs> because he hates the way that they they made ultron in age of Ultron. they did ultron super dirty but like a lot of a lot of that like even that like because of the fact that the mcu is sort of boxed in and this is maybe a consequence of the russo style of writing i don't think so but i just wanted to throw it in there like grounding it in reality makes it harder to bring the fantastic elements of a character who has limited strength, cannot be killed, like is able to deflect magic. Like all these aspects of the character couldn't really be introduced because of that. And another thing, if you think about it, is that the MCU, it has some moments where the themes are a little bit more adult, but it's still generally like kind of a kid's thing, right? Like, Right. Yeah, it's for us nerdy adults, obviously. Us, you know, 40, 50 year old like dudes still watching this stuff and loving it. Nothing wrong with that. But like there's not very many adult themes in the MCU. Like you think about uh Daredevil, right? And Kingpin in in mm -hmm. the Netflix show, and you had kind of that same origin for Kingpin, right? Like this this thing where his this trauma from his childhood is what what made all of this into what he is. Right. really do that in the mcu there hasn't been anything that dark quote unquote in the mcu so you can't bring those darker aspects of the character that you love that a lot of fans love to the character in the mcu so me ranting about all that i wonder what y'all think about that kind of reasoning and that context behind why the character isn't what he could be i think the reason well <sighs> I don't know, because, like, when you, you making, because then if you make the Hulk 2 center stage, you might as well make it the Hulk movie, and they clearly don't want to do that. Uh, it's really, I, I think don't they know. do want to do that. They just haven't been able to do that, you know. I think there's a big you, itch. But that, that's kind of wrong. No, you know what though? Like, I'll say this. 
and, and AJ, maybe think of it this way. Kevin Feige definitely seems to like taking characters that either aren't super well received in the comics or never were like A-listers in the comics or what he seems to be wanting to do also in some cases is like redeem some characters that didn't get some of that they got short shrift essentially earlier in the MCU right that's why we're getting Hawkeye shows now that's why we got unfortunately Black Wood a Black Widow movie way too late but there's yeah. some there's some sense in my mind <laughs> that Kevin Feige with the op- this opportunity that he's going to get if if the rumors are to be believed that he's going to say like you know what I can make a good Hulk movie that everybody will love because you know we liked the the last Hulk movie with Edward Norton, but it wasn't spectacularly well received, right? It was still in that right. phase where it was like yeah. eh, the MCU is okay. Like I didn't even start watching the MCU until like uh, the Avengers. You know, I didn't see mm-hmm. the first few movies because it was it was good, you know, but like the quality was inconsistent. I feel like Kevin Feige wants to rectify that. I feel like he really does. So I see an opportunity there for him to do that. I don't know if you agree. I don't know if you think that that's what he wants to do. But like, I feel like there is a desire, at least coming from him, to say, dang it, I want a great Hulk movie that like people can hold up to like your Captain America Civil Wars, your you know Infinity Wars, your... You know, Thor Ragnarok's even if you want to do that, because that's still a very, very good movie, right? For how much we talked a little bit of crap about it earlier, it's still a great movie. It's just that that got extended a little too far into the next one. But I think there is, right? I don't know. Well, when you put it like that, I guess so, but I can't really speak to it. I never really see this dude's press conferences and whatnot. (laughs) So I don't know. I mean, just. Think I mean, of the- based on what you said, I can kind of see it, but even then, like, I don't know. It's just too much back. It's too much in the background legal BS. Yeah, which is the unfortunate part of this. But they made it work with Spider Man. I mean, I know Spider Man is a much more popular character. Not to, you know, not to say anything bad about the Hulk, but Spider Man is probably the most popular character in comic books, other than like Batman. <laughs> You know the 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 difference though is that Spider Man they were able to bring the character in to the MCU with a clean slate. Yeah, you know with with the Hulk we've already had how many of he, he was in you know the Incredible Hulk obviously he was in Age of Ultron Avengers he was films in, and all that right you know he's he's been in at least six to seven films already so you know we've already gone kind of far afield with with him as a character. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a very, and you know, you're looking at smart Hulk now, mm-hmm. which is, which is basically, you know, a mild mannered, happy go lucky, funny, sweet, you know, version of the Hulk. It's going to take some working, you know, to get him to, you know, what would be Hulk, interesting. You know? mm-hmm. So. You know how they teased the leader at the end of The Incredible Hulk? And never went back to it, right? Yeah. What if that's his arc if they bring him back? I mean, Like, maybe he sees this stupid smart Hulk and he's like, yo, I want to tap that powder keg. But he's too much of a wimp right now. I got to change that. 
It's a possibility. I mean, and so the leader does his machination crap, and he's like, "I'm gonna get Savage Hulk back. I don't care how, what my methods are. This is going to happen." He did love the beauty of of the Hulk and and the savagery that that he embodied. Right exactly, now. and the leader so. is always trying to harness his power. What power are you harnessing from this dude? <laughs> He's got to make him break Literally. his chains. So that's why the leader would actually be a pretty perfect hmm. thing to revisit. He does know Betsy well, Ross. It, it's funny because, um, and uh, kind of speaking to what both AJ and, and Jose are, are talking about, um, we are getting a lot of a lot of callbacks to that original Hulk film in recent films. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already, well, recent properties, because we've already seen the abomination in at least one, right? Which was Shang-Chi. And now he's going to play a prominent role in the upcoming Mm She-Hulk. You know what I'm saying? So we're, you know, going back to what you're saying in in terms of Feige and he's like, you know what, I can make a really good Hulk. You might start seeing the seeds of that actually happening because of the fact that they're bringing in these characters, you know what I'm saying, Um, from that original film. The the one it's it's interesting because one movie that we haven't spoken of that hasn't been that is not a part of the MCU and wasn't well received when it first came out but has gotten a little bit of love in recent years is the Ang Lee version of yes the Hulk, there which is the we one go where Bruce Banner was played by Eric Banner mm-hmm. and that one my favorite no holds barred. Other than it, the, other than the final boss, <laughs> I was cool with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the dogs was a little wild, yeah, also. Yeah, yeah. That's true. You know there were a couple of moments where it's like, nah, chill, Aang. But but it but was a great a, movie for for yeah, a lot of reasons. But, and and there's an instance, right? And and Angley, you know, props to him because he was really out of his element when he was creating this movie. And you know, he he did try and make it as a comic book movie to the point where there are panels mm-hmm. of comic books in in the actual movie. Yeah. So, you know, he tried to get that feel. So props to him for doing that. But if you look at the way that story is and the emotional bent that it, that it takes, I can make the argument that that is the most Hulk Bruce Banner movie that we've gotten ever. Ever. <laughs> yeah, ever. exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because it dealt with the trauma of him and his father. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I was say that. It, mm-hmm. it dealt with you know the psychological aspects of Bruce Banner and the Hulk. You know, it dealt with the relationship between him and Betsy Ross and stuff. You know, and you know that was now. Of course, you know the argument was like we don't see the Hulk until like almost two hours into the film, right? And we only see him for like 15 minutes. Still you know, movie. But yeah, exactly. I think if you look at it in terms of story themes, that's probably the closest that we've gotten as a Hulk character in the movies and in the films in any iteration, you you know, to the comic books. You could almost like say, in a sense, um, and then you could all like tell me what you think about this, but if you take the Ang Lee film's story and the uh, Edward Norton film, I don't remember who directed it, the Edward Norton film's fight scenes and action scenes, you have yourself like a great Hulk movie, like not just yeah. a decent one, but a great one, 
right? Because his fight against Abomination is real cool in that movie. All of his different battles with the military are better than they are mostly in the Ang Lee film, even though there's some good fight scenes with the military in that film as well. But like, like I said, the the dog fight scene and the 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 cloud at the end are stupid. At least in my opinion. Now hold on a second. Are are we really gonna forget about the tank scene? Yeah, the tank scene was cool. The tank tank scene scene was cool. I didn't say it was bad. I just think that there was some better elements for the most part in in the 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 Edward Norton version of the film. I think the Edward Norton version of the film shows the best version of the Hulk. As as, like as the Hulk, the savage, you know, the savage monster, you know, right? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I think the best version of Bruce Banner comes from Ang Lee's version, right? You know what I'm saying? Um, and and listen, I don't, I don't mind Mark Ruffalo as a character. I just think the character itself hasn't been well written. You know, they they kind of again, I go back to this whole thing where they kind of write him as a co-star. He's kind of like a a prop in the film, not a character that they need to work on. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that's to the detriment of the Hulk in the MCU because he hasn't been able to get a proper film aside from that first one with Ed Norton. And so his motivations, his storyline, you know, the reason his, his fit, the biggest part of, of the Hulk is the the fight between Bruce Banner and the Hulk in terms of control, right? Right, because it's a huge aspect of the character that hasn't been visited at all in the MCU. Yeah, there's no, there's you know? not that much. Well, they solved it. Yeah, the Doctor <laughs> Jekyll and Mister Hyde stuff is like out the window, right? Because that was right, a big aspect of the character, a huge part. Exactly, that's such a huge part of him. You know, every all his motivations are to try and cure himself of this you know in in the mcu even going to the avengers he's like you know what i'm angry all the time and he (laughs) embraces that side you know what i'm saying i'm like that's not what the hook is about you're misrepresenting the character like that was a pretty cool moment but at the same time it's like he doesn't get control of it that easily in the comics and when he does he always loses it eventually anyway he always loses to the Hulk at some point again, and the Hulk takes over. And that's kind of the problem too, right? Because in the comics, you have this deep backstory about that Jekyll and Hyde, you know, kind of tug of war. If you don't have it as much here, or if it happens off screen, right? Like it did with Smart Hulk. Mm-hmm. It If he flips back to being savage, quote unquote, it doesn't quite feel as earned. And I, and I didn't like how they did it in the comics too, right? Because like he became Professor Hulk or something like that. And then he realized there was like another personality or something like that in there. That was yeah, the Savage at, Hulk. At, I was like, eh. at some point they split the two into two different, two different characters. Mm-hmm. Like there was a, a, there was literally a Bruce Banner mm-hmm. and there was literally a Hulk, right. you know, and eventually they, they realized those guys have to stay together because, you know, apart they're killing each other, mm-hmm. you know, um, but yeah, but like 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 you said, like for for instance, here here's another thing that I thought was interesting when they did it, and never went back to it. Mm-hmm. Remember, in you know Infinity War, he's literally having a fight with the Hulk. Yeah, it was comedic, <laughs> to the point that but, yeah, yeah, but to the point that the Hulk didn't want to come out, and he had to don 
like the Hulkbuster armor in order to fight. Mm-hmm. That could have been the start of something where it's like, okay, you're dealing with the schizophrenia of the Hulk. And they never went back to it. I heard that they were thinking of doing it for Endgame, right? And they ended up cutting it. I believe that I remember reading something about that. That maybe is just me Horrible. thinking about rumors. But, like, they wanted to show the progression. Instead, they were just like, nah, he's just smart Hulk now. It's fine. Like, just, yeah, just, and, and he looks more like Mark totally, Ruffalo. Totally skipped all that part. You know I, I think that's another thing I don't like about the character. And I want to think, hear what y'all think about this, too. I don't like the fact that they made him look more and more like Mark Ruffalo. I don't. I don't. I I really don't because Mark Ruffalo is like a really nice dude. <laughs> I mean, he seems yeah. like a really nice guy. So like, you want to turn the Hulk into like one of the nicest guys in Hollywood? Like, how does that make sense? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what do you? I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Along the track of this new personality stuff, maybe a way that we get Hulk Hulk back is if they somehow trigger the transformation to Gray Hulk. Maybe, but like he's doing freaking yoga and She-Hulk, so I don't know how how close we're gonna get to that. <laughs> I mean, like that's kind it's of gotta problem. happen sometime. <laughs> and you also have to look at it this way: the the fact that he's smart Hulk, it automatically makes that version the weakest version of Hulk, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Because what what is the thing that drives the Hulk's power? It's anger, anger, stress, yeah, adrenaline, not rationality. If he, yeah, if if he's so calm and able to control it then you know now you've already dumbed down the hulk that much more so he's mean. gotta be he's gotta be pressed again yeah i agree yeah, but i don't know how i don't know how you do that at this point you gotta kill somebody I mean, you gotta kill betsy yeah, ross i guess but but at that point you know does it feel earned no it probably you doesn't know? but like i guess she hulk will give it an opportunity perhaps i don't know well, She-Hulk does does uh, some very interesting things with the She-Hulk character because there's going to be a change of origin there as well. Um, you know, if you remember the She-Hulk character in the comics, the reason that she gets, you know, these these gamma powers is because, you know, she is... I, f- I forget what it is. It's a, cra- a car crash, right? She's dying and for some reason, yeah. She's dying for some reason and gets an infusion of blood, a transfusion of blood from Bruce Banner, which, you know, is family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, They're cousins for those who don't know, right? Yeah. No. Interesting change. There is still, there is going to be a car crash, but Bruce Banner is going to be with her and the... Was he going to bleed on her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really? Yes. That's how oh, it wow. happens. I, I, okay. You, you put it as a joke, well, wait right? Wait a minute, but, though. That's exactly how it happens. Wait a minute, you though. Know? You know how Feige like puts these little weird threads in. That's a that's a that's a Planet Hulk reference for better or for yeah, worse. I, I know that it's healing but, blood. You know, but it's 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 a it's a definite change to the way the character gets her powers. You know, <laughs> he literally bleeds on her, like you said. But wait a minute, you it's know? a car crash. How does the Hulk bleed in a car crash? Like I what? Have no idea. <laughs> that's that's what I've heard. You know, we'll find out in, in like a couple of weeks. Well, this is smart no, Hulk. He is the literally in four Hulk. days. We're, we're recording on Sunday. Right. Uh, she Hulk comes out <laughs> August. We're recording today, August fourteenth. She Hulk comes out August eighteenth. Oh man! So we'll find out very, very shortly exactly if that's that's true or not. I hope that it's not, because like yeah. you said, how does the Hulk bleed? You know what I'm saying? That this isn't Hulk. This but, is smart Hulk. 
Well, <laughs> it, 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 I will say this. There is a spaceship involved, so maybe that has something to do with it. What, is she getting a, a crash with a spaceship? Like, what the hell? Yeah, she does. I, I, oh, my I God. swear to God, I kid you. I can send you this, the still of the car right in front of the spaceship, and the spaceship is, like, hovering on the highway. A spaceship, though. I mean, think about all these... I know that it, it, She-Hulk is going to be weird, no, no, man. But, I'm but, telling but, you. Besides the fact that it sounds weird, think about these elements that they're the the, the healing blood, the scroll, a, a random spaceship. Like, why is a random spaceship there? That's like some you know Planet Hulk vibes. Even though I don't think they're going to do that, maybe there is something I, I there. Think, maybe there's something that they're planting there by taking some elements from those. Story I, I think that's a setup for Secret Invasion, to be honest. Um, but you know we'll 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 see what happens but but yeah the, you know that sounds weird of itself i i am i'm going to be really interested in watching the she-hulk and see what how all this stuff plays out oh, you know? man i kind of want to like i don't know if y'all have some time but like part of me wants to like we haven't done this in a while like maybe stream it all together on friday or saturday and then like yeah we can try and do that because I would love to see your reaction in real time, to be honest. Oh my god, I don't know. That's gonna be that's gonna be completely bonkers. You know, I'm actually looking forward to She-Hulk, sure. mm-hmm. but um, it, it's things like that that's like, eh, you know, I I know we always say in Feige we trust, um, but your reaction said it all it was like what is he gonna bleed all over her and it was like well yeah, yeah he is <laughs> there's a spaceship <laughs> what <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's gonna be one of those one of those type of series where it's like you know you're gonna be incredulous with everything that happens <laughs> and also yoga the, yes uh, and yoga you know he's doing yoga so, poses which uh i don't know it's not what, for what long they've done to the hulk is is uh <laughs> i hope is <laughs> You know, as as bad as as Thor, not as bad because you know he's still an enjoyable character. Yeah. But as far different that he is, um, I think the Hulk is probably the one of the worst um, depicted characters in the MCU right now. He's not a solid adaptation based on his his comic version. No, this is true. No, nothing, nothing like that. So, like every other character stayed pretty close to the root of what they are. Even Spider Man, where his his origin was changed, right, a little mm-hmm. bit, and they became it became like more over the three movies where Aunt May was the th- the catalyst instead of Uncle Ben. Even though we're gonna see a little bit more when we get to um, Spider Man Freshman Year, although that's not gonna be canon apparently. But yeah, but at least, know. but at least, like I said, you're you're starting with a clean slate with that character. You know, you you you're, and that character has kind of remained the same way throughout. You know, the five instances in MCU, I think. Well, uh, is it Hulk, Avengers, Avengers: Age of Ultron, Thor, six, Thor Ragnarok, six, Infinity okay, War, six. and Endgame. That's six, yeah, right. And now so, She Hulk will be seven. Right. No. So at, at least, at least with Spider Man, he's he's kind of been the same. And he has his own movie, um, <laughs> and yeah, exactly. He has his own movie if, to to flesh out that character. Even if he was know? like kind of like Iron Lad, he still had his own trilogy of exactly. films to set up that entire backstory. So uh, as much as I'm, I'm kind of happy that they are thinking about bringing World War Hulk to screen. Um, I, you know, I can't get thoroughly excited yet because 
I don't see how you get to that point that quickly. You know, that, that, that seems to be something that has to be a change over time. And if the rumors are to believe where, you know, they'll start production sometime this year and, um, you know, with aiming for a 2023 release, which, which I don't think is, is a smart thing to do. Um, I don't see how you go from smart Hulk to world war Hulk in the, in the manner of a year. And, and that's the thing that really concerns me. You know, yes, you can say, I'll kill somebody off and stuff like that, but that, that trauma has to be built over time. You know, it, it'll feel unearned. It'll feel rushed. And, you know, you've already got a character that in many fans eyes is not the character that, you know, and love from the comics and to do it this way, feels like something dc would do yeah. y'all y'all need to see the eye roll sorry that, that... yeah well you know what no longer <laughs> no we'll longer see we'll see you know because discovery we don't know what discovery is going to do with w with warner brothers still so um that's a whole other conversation we were even gonna yeah, like bring a, that up a little bit but like nah that's too that's a whole podcast deep. right there that's too deep you if know. we talk about world like the hulk for this long imagine how long that podcast is gonna be yeah um that's gonna that's gonna take a bit so and, and like for me it's like also when you t- think about she hulk um and setting up certain characters another thing that we got to note is that it's also setting up another character that's returning to the MCU and that's Daredevil because yep. he's in that show as well. Yep. So in the classic in the classic yellow and red which is cool. Like honestly, yeah. I'm actually like kind of excited for that. I'm really excited to see Charlie Cox back in the MCU and I'm, like the fact that we're going to see him this soon other than like his appearance in No Way Home is mm-hmm. really 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 good. Yeah, and and Yeah, and I'm guys, still scared. Guys yeah, Why? before we before we start saying <laughs> oh they're gonna Disneyfy him, let's see him first. Yeah, you know, yeah, let's let's let's, let's not pass judgment, you know, because judgment you know, already passed for 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 all the things we're saying. Oh, you're gonna Disneyfy the characters. Totally Disneyfy has been pretty dark at times. At so times. yeah, so so give them credit where credit is due. You know, the only the only so. thing that I worry about is that. In, in the sense, like, AJ might be right because they did slightly Disney-fy Kingpin in his appearance in the Hawkeye series. Yeah, but that was such a limited time that we had with sure. him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, I, I think I think let's pass judgment when it actually happens. And then, then we can rant and rave about how, you know, Disney ruins characters. But <laughs> until that happens, let's let's... Let's stop with the rhetoric. Yeah, they haven't you know? ruined most of them. Like, exactly. Right? <laughs> most of them are pretty good depictions of the characters, even if there's changes that people don't necessarily like in every case. Mm-hmm. People still like Thor, even if they don't really like exactly what he's become. Like, their Chris Hemsworth is awesome, and I'll give him credit. He still makes the character fun, even when sometimes you're like, oh, that's a little too much comedy. Yeah. You know, like... I mean, look, they literally cut off Thanos' head. You know, you you can't you can't tell me that uh that they're oh you know they're trying to make it you know whatever you know whatever you know it is what it is. You know what they should do? And we'll leave it at this. They should they should partner with Universal to create a monster verse built around the Hulk. Forget about all those you know Doctor Jekyll. Remember because right they tried to do the the monster verse. Still, right? I think they're still trying to do. They're it. still trying to do it. 
Yeah, I, I just saw an I article mean, not, not too long ago where it's like, you know, let's do it again. Um, Universal is still trying. So, oh, no. you know. Although, I will say this, because while we've been talking, I've been looking up Hulk's rogues gallery. It's very scant. There's some good ones, well, but it is kind of like not he, as he falls. He, yeah, he falls into the, the problem that Superman falls into. You know, you, you're looking at a character that is so omnipowerful, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's, his power is limitless. How do you write a proper villain to counteract that? But even you know? Superman has a more extensive rogue gallery. Yeah, I know, but like, but you you look at who's who's got a better rogue really, gallery? Do you really Batman want me to read Superman? them off? Batman, but like Batman is a power level much less than Superman. So, you know, with Batman, there is elements of danger there. It's a, you know, it's, with Superman, it's like, eh, you know, maybe he'll get busted up a little bit. Maybe they'll go after his family. But at the end of the day, you know, Superman is powerful enough to tank probably every single thing that those guys throw at him. Yeah. And I mean, another thing is like, and I don't want to minimize how cool the Hulk is, but he's not like flagship level, like Batman or Superman, right? They are the characters basically in DC. They're the most popular characters. So they have to have an extensive rogues gallery, like more extensive than almost any other character in comics. They're the leaders in a sense. And think about the Hulk. The Hulk's biggest villain is the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's his fight, Bruce Banner's fight against the Hulk. So the Hulk will always be the villain in his story. But far bigger than anybody else that, that you can you can bring out there, you know. So um, you know, absorbing man, abomination, the leader, the gargoyle, you know, all these guys Gargoyle. Well, yeah, he's more like a leader type. He, he yeah. doesn't fight. But 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 like like I said, they pale in comparison to the battle that Bruce Banner has to has to deal with when it comes to trying to control the Hulk. You know, so we shall see. I guess. Yeah, I guess so. <sighs> Does everybody feel good right. about that? <laughs> no, good. I feel worse. Yeah, so. it sounds like AJ oh, feels boy. worse too. Yeah. I feel about as in the middle as I was before, but I can't wait to see She-Hulk regardless. As, yeah, I, as so. I don't want to say that the, this phase has been underwhelming. It's still been entertaining, but I think... I, I think, think they're building. Yeah, exactly. I think, they're building. I think everybody has to realize it's like as if we went back to phase one again, to a certain exactly. extent. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Those those early films weren't the greatest, but they built to something magnificent. Right. And so. from what I understand, I think... Um, isn't Wakanda Forever like from what I've heard? Wakanda Forever is going to be a film that's going to set up a lot of like all these threads that have been, you know, kind of or uh, these little uh, breadcrumbs that they've been yeah. planting in each of the shows. Um, from what I understand, Wakanda Forever is going to be something that's going to like take it very far forward and like make everybody start to understand what they're doing here. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of properties coming out in the next few months that are probably going to start to crystallize some of these things that we've been seeing, um, yeah. and these villains that are going to become the big ones. In Feige, we trust. Let's hope. Right? Yeah, let's hope. He hasn't. He hasn't done this dirty yet. Nope. Well, not too I much. I mean, you know, you can't blame him for like sometimes the quality not being a hundred percent, right? You know, you know, 
he's one man. Nobody's perfect. Yeah, exactly. He's nobody's one man. Perfect. Nobody's perfect. There's a lot of other people involved, a lot of directors, a lot of writers. You know, as he's he's writing the overall story, right? But he doesn't write the little details that are in there. He's not that meticulous. Some of them, yes, but it's a framework, right? It's the whiteboard in, yeah, in exactly. the MCU office. And you know. you know, we'll see how that how that continues moving forward. But yeah, I have I have faith in Kevin Feige. And I mean, if the Russo brothers come back for Secret Wars, then uh, I have a lot of faith in that as well. Yep. We'll see. We'll see. <sighs> Alrighty. Alrighty. Let's leave it there. It was another wonderful episode. It's good to be back. It's good to talk a lot of BS about uh about the Hulk and just get to chat about that for a little bit a little bit. Um with that, let's uh let's uh say a couple of things for y'all fans out there. I want to thank y'all for for getting all the way to this point of the episode, as always. Um you know, best way to support your favorite podcast crew, as we've said in the past, and it's been a while since I've given you all a pitch, but like, rate, share, and subscribe. Find us on all your faithful social media platforms. Find us where all your favorite podcasts are sold. Give us some reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. That is the best way to support one of your favorite podcast crews. So thanks from the crew, from Walt and uh, host. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's nothing left to say except uh, let's get back to it guys stay geeky my friends there's one more thing to say one more thing to say go ahead Hulk smash later people later